Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fourth season, we're looking at Kenneth Branagh's 2011 film, Thor. I'm Matthew Fox from TheEthicalPanda.com. And I'm Andy Nelson from TheNextReel.com. Happy Thor's Day, everyone. Today we're talking about Minute 9, which begins with a sweeping shot of the coronation and ends with Odin addressing Thor, his heir. And once again, we have our guest, Ryan Bennett of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Uh, Ryan, in honor of Thor's Day, we're going to start every Thursday asking people, what's your favorite Thor moment from not just this movie, like all of um, all the MCU or comic books or anything like that? When, what's, what is the raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy? It's, I'm probably not a raccoon. I'm trying to think of it right now. Rocket. Oh, rocket, rocket, rocket. Rocket, yes. When him and Rocket have a moment uh, where he's like trying to get the replacement eye or he has like a different kind of eye. It is, it's like him and Rocket have this kind of moment where it's like, is one, is one guy fiercer than the other? Is one guy stronger than the other? Cause they like both of their personalities always like combat each other. So that's like my favorite, mm-hmm. my favorite moment. And it's so quirky, like just to see Thor to have to be put in this weird situation where he doesn't, he's like, Oh, I'm kind of talking to this creature. And then I got the short <laughs> hair. I don't have the eye. I don't know. It just felt like a very odd moment to put Thor in, but I loved it at the same time. So that would probably be like one of my favorite moments for him. Yeah, I think it's a great moment, especially because it's pretty much the polar opposite of what we get in this moment, where we just see him. He's the king. He's about to be the king. He kind of already is. He's the center of adulation. He's walking the red carpet. Everyone loves him. Even his mother kind of not, you know, rolling her eyes again, but still, still, still celebrating him. And yes, yeah, so I think part of why I love this moment we're about to talk about now is because we later see how far he falls and how he comes back in later movies. And so we're going to get into that in just one moment. Want to wear some Marvel Movie Minute-inspired clothing? Maybe looking for a mug with our logo on it. Find what you're looking for at our online store. Just head to truestory.fm slash marvelmovieminute and click on merch. It's that easy. So we're talking again about uh, the ninth minute of Thor. And Ryan, what grabbed you about this minute? Definitely, definitely the end. Because I, I like any mm-hmm. kind of Odin Thor moment because they both are very like, hello, it's me. I'm here. They both fight for that control. So I love that about mm-hmm. this minute. It's very focused on them. And, you know, what what side of Thor are we going to get? Is he backing down off the air against us? Is still riding? Because we're still very much in the very beginning of it. So, yeah, that for me is I just love their their interaction. Anytime we get an Odin and Thor moment, I love that. When we kind of get that for the whole thing, because the minute starts with Thor hamming it up, you know, bowing to the crowd. And Odin has this look on his face that, that I, I'm not sure if it's just stern or I took it as very disapproving. Uh, you know, kind of like, come on, this is not what you're supposed to be doing here. Right. What, what was your take on that? It totally, it, it totally is a, a moment where Odin is looking at his son like, um, wondering if he wants to go forward with his coronation. Like he's just watching his son just like, I mean, his Thor is so over the top and so not Odin. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what's so funny about it, because Odin, just like every time we cut to Odin, it's just the sternest look of this one one eyed guy (laughs) dressed all in gold, just looking at him with not a not a fleck of movement. 
It's just mm-hmm. it's just stone cold. I love it. As he starts walking down, um, there's, the crowd is going wild. There's one person in the crowd who is just really into it. He has both hands above his head. Uh, and I kind of had a fun moment. You know, you only catch it for a second or two. I've had friends who are extras in movies, and they say that, you know, the difference between, like, sometimes you're, you're told, just celebrate, whatever that looks like for you. And other times you're told, like, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Do you think Branagh had that guy waving both hands, or was that an extra just really getting into that moment? It's it's so funny. I don't know. My eyes are drawn to him every time, because he's, like, right in the middle of frame, and he's and everyone else is, like, you know, doing just the kind of the po- polite clap. Golf clap. Right, yeah. exactly. And this guy is like, yeah, go Thor! Like, I just, I, I picture his voice as he's just, like, totally cheering him on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It makes me laugh every time. I really hope he was in the moment. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> really taken, really taken by all those those hammer flips. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so now we get the kind of reverse shot. Uh, we start with a shot way up high of the of the two statues that are flanking the central throne area. Andy, what, what, or for both of you, what was kind of your sense of like seeing this whole coliseum of people uh, that kind of looks like a rock concert in some ways with, you know, Thor and Odin right there at the center and everyone's come to watch. Like I kept looking for a jumbotron, you know, so everyone can get a better view of it. It's pretty gargantuan, the space that we're in here. And the fact that like, I, I don't, I'm curious, like, is this entire thing considered the throne room or is the throne room considered just like like that little central teardrop shape? room kind of it's it's separated by some columns and stuff is that the throne room like where does the line end i'm i'm very curious uh, about kind of how they delineate that but regardless it's just i mean it's it's ornate it's spectacular with these two huge golden statues kind of standing on either end of the of the back of it i mean it's it's a sight to behold and uh but yeah you marvel like when you realize what you're looking at in this reverse shot from where we first came in and go oh that little red dot in the middle that's actually thor way down there between the two rows of the unharrier guards i I mean it's kind of a surprise to realize oh that's giving me a sense of exactly how massive this is. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Do you take attendance? Like, does it really matter if you weren't there to see it? Because I'm like, can you really tell? Can you really tell if I'm in the back paying attention or not? That's that's one of the first thoughts that came to me. But yeah, I just I loved mm-hmm. how grand it is. Like, it's just leading more to like, oh, these are guys and we're in Asgard and what's next? Then, you know, what do they all control? You know, just very, very grandiose. And you're like, OK, well, what's next? What else big is going to is going to come and happen? And does everybody have to turn their weapons in or was it just the people in the little teardrop shaped kind of central area? Because if it was everybody, they have to have a big room to handle all the weapons that are right. coming that, in. That's quite a, a door <laughs> check that you have to deal with. I hope that person's getting a lot of tips. Yeah. Um, and then just one quick note, because again, you mentioned the Ein Herinar. Here again, I think is a moment where Stanley or Jack Kirby just like found a cool word somewhere about the mythology and used it. Because what it actually means, it, the, the translation directly from Norse is army of one. And what it refers to specifically is warriors who've fallen in battle and are brought to Valhalla by the Valkyries. So to me, I just kind of really looked that up and saw like, okay, we've got this like line of identical warriors that all pretty much look the same, ready to fight. It's like, yeah, okay. So they just found a cool word. Awesome. Go for it. Yep. Dana Kirby you gave us something great here. <laughs> uh, so. We get that moment where Thor winks and Frigga clearly disapproves, but I still see that kind of smile on her face of like, oh, Thor, you know, I think it's more just sort of like, Ryan, you said yesterday, you know, don't do it when dad's around. I, the look I get from her is like, oh, Thor, he, dad's watching, dad's watching. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very much like, can you just wait till later? We talked about this. Like we just, just, just get the coordination done and you can do your little craziness and your boy stuff. She kind of looks, I'm like, oh, just, that's just boys for you. Me raising boys. Like I need you to just calm down and get through the ceremony. But yeah, I love, I do love that moment. That's like, that's gotta be like one of my, one of my favorite moments um, between them. Like if you think of all the doors, mm-hmm. cause I just like how it's, it's, it's very much that connection you can see, even though it's very, it's a glimpse, but you can see that connection between the both of them and their bond. So, and then of course we do get uh, our first official, actually on screen, not in a deleted screen moment, real introduction to the Warriors 3 and Lady Sif. We saw Lady Sif a bit last time. And to me, it look, when I see the way that they're kind of waiting and looking there, uh, we talked about them a little bit last minute. Um, they, they look to me like a wedding party, you know, kind of like the, 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 the groomsmen mm-hmm. and, and, and all the groom's attendants kind of lined up waiting for him to come to the altar. It totally made me feel like this was some sort of a wedding or something because it yep. does seem like these are his groomsmen on mm-hmm. one side and then on the other side you have his mom and brother and Lady Sif. And so it's it's a strange lineup that they have here. And I, I mean, I've never been to a coronation. I don't know who all is in line and all these sorts of things, but it seemed like, you know, there probably would be some other royal type of people who would also be lined up here. Yeah. In the Netflix show The Crown, I know I remember there's a brief moment before Elizabeth's coronation where she mentions that it is kind of like a wedding because she's getting married to Great Britain. And so, yeah, that the coronation is wedding kind of makes sense. And you want to take a minute now and tell us about the actors who are playing the Warriors 3? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got Hogan the Grimm, played by Tadanobu Asano. Uh, Fandral is played by Josh Dallas. And this is actually an interesting one because um, rarely do people end up getting recast in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They they tend to like people, even if it's a tiny part, to come on for the entirety. Um, obviously, that was broken right out of the gate with um, with the continuity from Iron Man to Iron Man 2 with the change of Rhodey. But here, Fandral is actually uh, Josh Dallas, who plays Fandral could not come back for the uh, for the second film, and so he's been recast in in the other films. And last but not least, we have Volstog, played by Ray Stevenson. Now, as far as IMDb, I'm curious uh, if either of you would be able to name anything that either of these had been in. Start. Let's start with Tadanobu Asano. He's been in some stuff, but I'm not sure you'd be able to guess. I'll just tell you uh, on IMDb, he's known for Mongol: The Rise of Genghis Khan. Hmm. He's <laughs> he was in Battleship which I don't know if that's a good thing to be known for or not, but he was in it. And then, of course, Thor Ragnarok and this film, Thor. So he is the very grim Hogan, which, you know, I I like the way that he plays it. But, you know, when your character's name is Hogan the Grim, I guess your job is to be grim. And he does that. Um, Next up is Josh Dallas, who plays Fandral. He is known for this film, Thor, Zootopia, in which he plays Frantic Pig, Manifest, the TV show, and Once Upon a Time, which is the TV show that he was busy with that yeah. kept him from being in the other Thor films. His, um, I, that's the one I was going to make. That's the only one I knew. Like when you listen, I, that's the only only person I knew was that from that TV show. Because um, I think his wife was in there with him, right? I don't know if they're still married. I know there was like a relationship going on, like the, his whoever his castmate was. Um, was that Jennifer Goodwin? I think, yeah, unless they're not, they might not see it's Hollywood, so they might not be together anymore. Cause I know it's been a while for the show. Yeah. So, um, I know they have tons of seasons, but I got into there cause I kind of like fairy tales, but I didn't finish. So I now wish I kind of finished and see where it ended yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you know, cause I, I, I don't know anything that these reactors have been in. Last but not least, we have Ray Stevenson, 
Okay, so you don't know anything that he was in. Do you have anything else, Ryan, that he might have been in? No, the name it's going to irk me because the name sounds familiar. So I know you're going to miss some stuff, and I'm like, oh, I should have guessed it. <laughs> well, it's it's tricky. Uh, I I don't think you would have necessarily been able to pull this, um, Matthew. But he played Gar Saxon in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. If oh, that okay. if that rings a bell at all, I, I okay. Um, but that's not one of his four. Um, I uh, I look at his the four, and I'm like, eh, I don't think I would have pulled uh, some of those. But I mean, they are the Three Musketeers from 2011. This film, Thor, Kill the Irishman that he had been in, and then Thor: The Dark World. So obviously, the Thor films oh, yeah. have kind of crept into uh, largely what he's known for. But he was also in GI Joe Retaliation. He was in the other guys. He was in the Book of Eli. I would have said that it was Punisher Warzone because I knew he played the Punisher. He played Frank Castle in that particular film. But um, but that's not one of the things they say he's known for. So who am I to say? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned the Clone Wars uh, on the Star Wars Universe podcast that I do. We just finished doing a full review of the Clone Wars where we talked about every episode. And there's some good ones. There's There, there was a slog at times. Yeah. But one of the... the uh, my, one of my podcast hosts, uh, Riki Hayashi, would often comment that, uh, you know, he loved to pull in who these actors have been in. And there's just so many voices that I sh- didn't recognize that I should have. So I'm not surprised once again here. I did not recognize that voice. Yeah. So we get this wonderful moment with Thor kind of like sharing a smile with them. It, it kind of says a lot about their relationship. And then Odin rises and just takes the staff and like st- slams it on the ground and just the sound rings out and there just is silence. And I just thought that was such an effective moment of Odin kind of saying, all right, folks, party's over. Let's get serious. Yeah. It really is a moment of that with Gungnir, um, you know, the ever useful Gungnir, whether he's igniting frost giants with fire from its end or stabbing them or just using it as an ornamental piece that he's holding while he's up here on his throne. I love the way that he just uses it here to kind of create that giant gong sound that tells everybody yeah. fun's over yeah i also can't tell i like his the facial expressions too because i can't tell at one point if he's ready to cry or he's like disappointed like this way his yeah. face kind of kind of twerks a little bit there like his like his the way his eyes look you're like is he is he gonna do like is he not happy right now is he gonna walk away is he gonna what is he gonna do in, in tomorrow's moment, in tomorrow's minute, I think we're going to talk a lot about it because I think he shows a, a wide range of emotions. And even here, you know, he takes a few seconds to start. And I there are times where I feel like his voice is going to break. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the proud father, but also sometimes that like, OK, I hope this is the right. You know, like I think I think it's a very you're seeing a lot of nuance from him mm-hmm. about what, what's happening there. Yeah, really are. I also love that we're getting kind of an interesting sense of this space. I mean, we already had that wide shot, but again, Mm -hmm. when we cut to now, we're kind of reverse again as we see down the row of the Unharrier guards and we see Thor in the distance, Odin standing at the end, everyone's silent now. And then behind him, you see some big golden doors, which I'm assuming lead to kind of his private chambers or something. So it's, it's kind of cool just kind of getting a sense of this space. And, and this was this portion of the throne room, I should say, not the entire Colosseum area, but this portion was actually all built on a soundstage. And all the actors talked about how ornate it felt, and it felt so much like old Hollywood. It gave them a say. You know, actors always, I, I think nowadays, they get tasked with the job of imagining stuff that's that they don't right. get to see because it's all digital creation and they all said how amazing it felt to be in a space that was real that they were actually able to kind of get a real 
presence of. And, and, you know, Anthony Hopkins walked in and he said, geez, I don't have to do anything here. All I have to do is sit there and that does my job for me. And I Pretty think much. that certainly says a lot about it. Yeah. I also yeah. will point out, this is going to change in every movie. <laughs> We're going to see a different look for this throne room every time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're high tech. Maybe they can change it however they want every time. So that's really possible. <laughs> true, true. One thing also that I'll say that I really like, and again, I don't know how intentional this was or just in effect of it, but, you know, these stories come to us out of Norse legends, you know, Germanic, Scandinavian. And I really like that, that you know, we talked about kind of the terraced water and like, this doesn't look like a European castle. You know, this doesn't, mm. this doesn't look, to me, what this is saying is that the Asgardians are not Norse by any means. You know, Hogan clearly isn't. There's an awful lot of white faces in the crowd shots. I would have liked that to not be the same. But, like, they're not making—they're making pretty clear that the connection to Scandinavia is because, like, that's the people who met them, not that there's right. anything inherently Norse about these about these characters. That's actually a really great point um, that I, I appreciate that they—I mean, you're right. It still is largely white here in Asgard. But I like that it at least feels like there is some diversity here. And I, I feel like it's something they work on over the course of the three films, kind of making it a little more diverse. But um, it, it, it doesn't feel like just a bunch of Scandinavians um, that we're watching throughout this film. And I, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. It's something to me that I think has particular meaning because uh, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I... I um, I, in another part of my life, I'm a pastor, uh, I, and I sometimes do weddings. I'm not really a pastor anymore. And by the way, I'd love to be able to stand up and bang my my staff on the ground and get total silence from the congregation. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, one of the religious groups that I've spent a lot of time with is there are a number of people in our world, in Scandinavia and here and all over the world, for whom these stories are still the basis of their religion. Uh, Norse pagans or heathen or, or Ossetru, they often call themselves. And, and I know one thing that is, is a, a big conflict in that community is this is, there's only a small minority, but a very vocal one. There is a, a part of that community that, that is deeply racist and, and really wants the Norse stories to be very much, you know, Aryan stories, white stories, et cetera. And so, again, I don't know if they had any awareness of that when, when making this movie or with later movies, but, but having it be a diverse, uh, at least barely diverse setting, but but not Germanic, at least uh, diverse European, uh, which is kind of horrible. That's the standard. But to me, at least that that really means something, because, uh, you know, knowing the kind of horrific things a lot of people do with these stories, having this very clearly not be that I, I thought was important. Yeah. Any kind of difference that I've, that's one thing that I think is always uh, kind of uh, pulled me to the MCU. Anything that gives you something that makes you take a pause and makes you think something different than the norm. Um, I feel is always supported because you just, you know, everybody's different when they look at these films. Like you got to remember who your audience is. So I love that the MCU slowly, especially these days, is realizing, look, I need something different. I want something that catches the eye that looks like the people that are watching these films. Definitely. Definitely. Well, there's so much I want to say about uh, Odin and what he has to say, but I think we can keep most of that for the 10th minute because that's where he kind of gives most of his speech. Is there any kind of last uh, comments you want to make about this minute and what we saw? No, I love Odin. I felt Odin stole this this minute. Yeah, anytime you, you're going to strike Gungnir on the ground like that, uh, it gets my attention. So I, mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Definitely. Well, Ryan, as always, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, folks, hopefully have been listening minute by minute. I've heard about your podcast. If they're going to check it out, if they're going to just listen, hopefully, I mean, I've started from the beginning. I'm really enjoying it. Um, and and uh, beginning with the episodes where you came on. 
But if someone's just going to kind of listen to one one episode, what do you think there should be like the one episode that you think of as kind of the best example of all that's great about that podcast? Oh, man, that's a that's a tough one. But any of, <laughs> I have to say I have to say what made me fall in love with it was Game of Thrones. So any of our Game of Thrones mm-hmm. recaps you guys want to go back and listen to is really good. Um, but yeah, just any of the, any of the moments, like we, we do a, a girl chat about just like COVID and where everybody is now with it. Um, we have a moment where we talk about like some of the new releases for like Disney, just any of those, um, I think it was like a D23 episode, just any of those moments where we really get to chat. Um, you know, kind of like what I'm enjoying talking with you guys about, like anytime you get to really like just dive in and it kind of takes you on your own journey when you're, when you're yeah. recapping these movies and recapping these films is like the fun part of all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tend to think the reason I got started is because my my buddy and I, we used to love to have these conversations and like have this weird thought at three in the morning. Of, oh, have you ever thought about what happens in this scene? And exactly. you know, our partners were a little tired of us, you know, bugging them about it. So I thought, you know, let's bug each other and bug the rest of the world. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. Bug each other. Yeah. And, you go, and you guys go listen to it. And you know what? Thank you, guys. It's so much fun talking with you guys. I appreciate it. Black Nerds on all your social media platforms. Awesome. Definitely. Check that out. Uh, check out my podcast, Superhero Ethics and Star Wars Universe Podcast. Tune in next time. We're going to get into Odin's speech. And more than anything, thank you, Ryan. Thank you to our audience. And have a great day. Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is One Last Ride by Martin Puringer. Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.